This is Gulf Coast Live Arts Edition from WGCU. I'm John Davis. Thanks for joining us. Since 2006, Opera Naples has given Southwest Florida residents access to world-class performances by internationally acclaimed artists. Despite significant storm surge damage to the Wang Opera Center wrought by Hurricane Ian last year, Opera Naples has been forging ahead. Today, Opera Naples Artistic and Music Director Ramon Tebar joins us live in studio to highlight the opera company's upcoming performance offerings, including the Winter Dreams Gala on December 6th, performances of Gil- Gilbert and Sullivan, Iolanthi, February 10th and 11th, and the fourth annual Festival Under the Stars, with performances running from February 29th through March 10th. And that will include Zarzuela and Flamenco, an evening of classic Spanish song and dance on March 2nd. The festival also includes highly sought-after soprano Jennifer Rowley performing in Puccini's Madama Butterfly, March 8th and 10th. And Rowley performs all over the globe, but in recent years has made her home right here in southwest Florida. Ramon, who also serves as principal conductor in association with the Orquesta de Valencia, previously served as artistic director of the Florida Grand Opera in Miami. He's one of the leading Spanish conductors of his generation. In the past performance season alone, he debuted with the Cincinnati Symphony, the Calgary Philharmonic, the Copenhagen Philharmonic, and the Frankfurt Opera, among others. And his many honors include being awarded the Cross of Officer of the Order of Civil Merit in recognition of his cultural accomplishments by his Majesty, the King of Spain, Felipe VI. Ramon Tabar, welcome to Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And to engage with us and your fellow listeners about this conversation or any of our shows, find us on Facebook. We're at WGCU Public Media. On X, formerly known as Twitter, we're at WGCU Use the hashtag GCL. So I last connected with folks at Opera Naples just a little over a year ago, and it was right after Hurricane Ian had come through. Uh, A lot of significant storm surge damage to the Wang Opera Center. Can you first just tell me a little about um, the progress that's been made to date in restoring that space? Will we be able to have performances there before the conclusion of the current season? Yes, uh, as you know, I mean, it was really terrifying what happened. And and the Wang Center was completely destroyed. Uh, Of course, that's our administration offices uh, is, is there. We held rehearsals for all the productions at the Wang Center. Also other organizations rent our space. So it has been you know, really sad that couldn't use it for a whole year. So last year, although we kept with our activities, uh, the operas, the festival, we had to go from place to place to rehearse right. you know, because we, we, we have so many uh, performances going on at the same time that we needed you know, several rehearsal spaces. Now the whole Wang Center is totally remodeled. We're just waiting you know, for, for the seats to be in place and uh, we can uh, start rehearsals very soon for the season. So we're very, very happy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's uh, dive right into what's coming up next. On December 6th, we've got the Winter Dreams Gala that'll be at Royal Poinciana Golf Club. This event serves as a fundraiser, but of course, there's going to be a performance uh, aspect to it. You and acclaimed Argentinian tenor Santiago Ballerini are going to take the stage. Tell me about what attendees can look forward to. Well, so uh, as you mentioned, you know, this is our annual gala. It's the 
one of the most important events uh, of the season. Uh, we try to fundraise uh, for the education and also for the rest of, of the program. And we used to bring uh, some of the best known opera stars. This year, we're delighted to have uh, an old friend of Opera Naples, also an old friend of mine, Santiago Ballerini, Argentinian uh, singer. He's one of the great uh, tenors now in the world. He's now in, in Turin. Uh, Reggio di Torino, singing uh, La Rondine. He has sung uh, at uh, Liceo di Barcelona, Teatro Real, uh, Paris, so everywhere, no? So he's going to join us uh, for the entertainment during the gala. I will play the piano uh, for him, and he's going to sing uh, highlights of the most popular operas, La Boheme, uh, Rondine, and also Napolitanas, uh, so Napolitan songs for the entertainment of all the audience at the, at the gala. Uh, and of course, uh, widow of the great tenor Luciano Pavarotti, uh, Nicoletta Pavarotti is going to serve as a uh, honorary co-chair of the gala. And was that something that you kind of had in mind when you and, and Ballerini were looking at musical selections, kind of honoring Pavarotti's legacy? Yes, exactly. The, the first thing that, that we discuss is that it's to, to, to sing a repertoire that uh, Luciano has sung no, in the past. And of course, Luciano is one of the most famous singers in the world. And he sang the, the, the most famous repertoire, Tosca, Traviata, Rigoletto. So some of these areas uh, will be sung by, by Santiago. And I have to say that I'm very excited about the collaboration with the Luciano Pavarotti Foundation, with Nicoletta Pavarotti. Uh, we had uh, several mini uh, meetings over the last months, and, uh, and we're very excited also to bring her uh, two times more for the festival. Uh, as you might know, the Luciano Pavarotti Foundation um, uh, helps young talent, uh, gives scholarships. Um, um, also, there is an academy. When uh, Luciano Parvotti was alive, also there was a competition. So there are a lot of projects that were discussing that we would like to revamp and, and uh, in order to, to pay homage to Luciano Pavarotti, but uh, um, uh, more importantly, to to help young talent and to to yeah, to support uh, young singers. And I know something else that uh, uh, Nicoletta and, and you and several others are involved in is this really Herculean effort to bring something new and great to Naples that's been dubbed Theater in the Garden. What can you tell me about this project? Wow, that's also a very exciting project that I like very much. Uh, I think that uh, in, in Naples, uh, we need a theater like that. Of course, there's the wonderful artist Naples, uh, but artist Naples is full. You know, it's doing so many performances that even for us at Opera Naples has been very challenging to... Um, to get dates, no, to perform our our operas. We have been performing. I've been performing uh, the for ten years in there, but it's every time you know after pandemic it became more evident that it's very very hard to get dates for us in season. So since we need, really need to perform in season, uh, one of the reasons of uh, for for doing this festival is to to perform you know, February, March, you know, when, when we can have more visibility. Mm -hmm. And the theater uh, in the garden idea came, uh, is linked to all, all this philosophy you know, of, of having a theater in which 
not only Opera Naples, but also so many other uh, organizations, cultural organizations in, 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 Flor in Naples can use. For example, the ballet, no? Gulf Shore Ballet, and, the, and, and, and also to, to, to perform uh, plays and do theater. So uh, we had a conversation uh, a year ago uh, where we were in Malta and some sponsors were visiting Europe. So we went to UK and we visited uh, the, the Grunge Opera in North London. So for our donors became very excited about um, uh, building something similar, no, in in Naples, where you know a theater would be just uh, well, a garden would be uh, the landscape, you no, know, surrounding a, a theater, you no. Know? So so you would get a, a, a broader experience than just going into the lobby of a theater, getting to your seat, you know, uh, see the performance, and going home. Oh, but you could have dinner in the in the gardens. You can mm. just go around before, no, going going to the performance. So we loved it, and we you know made the contact with the architects and with the um, the, the people who who uh, started this this idea and the project who built it, and we just brought this idea here. Then we contacted also Nicoletta Pavarotti, who loved the idea, and by the way, she also thought that it would be the 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 space the venue to to also put the Luciano Pavarotti Museum. Yes. So it all came together. So I think that uh, you know we're very excited about you know all the collaborations and all the potential that this uh, project has. All right. Yeah. Well, and that's also way in the future. There's there's a lot that still needs to be done. <laughs> I know you have a 17 acre site in mind for it, but that's not all been finalized yet. But I've seen the artistic renderings, and it just looks like it's going to be really exciting. Thank you. Um, and it seems like this gala is going to add to your ambitious performance schedule. I was looking at your site online. It looks like you're just going to have to make a quick trip back from San Francisco where you're doing a series of performances, do the gala, and then head right back to California. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, that. other than, than being music director at the places you mentioned, like here in Opera Naples, of course, I guess conduct all over the world. I, just, I was uh, in Cincinnati with the Cincinnati Symphony just three weeks ago. Now I'm currently rehearsing in San Francisco. Actually, yesterday I had my dress rehearsal uh, in San Francisco Opera. Oh so I came here for these interviews you know, and I'm coming back tomorrow because the opening is on Sunday. So, you know, I try to squeeze you know, yes, all the, yes. the things I have to do. And same thing with the, with the gala. I'm between the last two performances, December 5th, December 9th in San Francisco. So I will come here the, the, between those performances for the gala. But I think this is the life of a conductor. We are always right. traveling. You know, if we're not doing much, you know, I, I become nervous. So I need uh, to do many things and to travel. This is what I've always done. So I love it. All right. And then you're going to be back here in our area in February for Opera Naples performances of Gilbert and Sullivan's Iolanthe. What can you tell me about this opera and why you wanted to bring it to local audiences now? Yeah. So in the past, uh, we have done, we have had very, very good experience with Gilbert and Sullivan. Mm. Although it's not regarded as, as opera, and many people call it like operetta. Yes. But I think yes. that it, you know, it, it, it connects a lot with the, with the um, audiences, no? So we have that the Mikado in the past, we have done the Paris of uh, of Penzance. So we have done so many successful Gulbern Sullivan uh, performances. Dad Robin, which is uh, the the director of our education program, 
and who is also the director of the resident artist program. Uh, she decided to to repeat with the experience of this opera. It was already done during the summer, so we wanted to present it during season with our resident artists. And, I, and this is important for us because the resident artists are singers, also young singers, that uh, we recruit um, uh, through application and through auditions. Actually, last year we had almost 500 applicants oh, wow. for the program, and we have to choose only four. So we're talking about very talented singers. This is like the next generation of opera stars. Abso exactly, yeah. absolutely. And and I have to tell you even more. I mean, in, in Naples, we've, we've been very successful with that. Some of our resident artists now are singing at the Met. Some of the people we have hired you know, to do small roles as these ones are now at the Lindemann program at the Met. Just to tell you, you know how far uh, can these programs or, or can help. Uh, last year, we had one of the top five tenors, I would say, in the world, Jonathan Tettelman. Jonathan Tettelman started here in Naples yes. as a young artist, and now he's at the top. He just signed with Deutsche Grammophon. So this is so vital for the careers of, of, of artists in general and, and singers, of course, no? Usually they are, they are um, singers who have uh, are done with, with college or with university, and they're in this period of their lives where they're not fully professionals, mm -hmm. And they don't have the experience, but they are ready, you know. So we can give them the opportunity to to create this experience to learn new roles, roles that then later they're going to to use in in their auditions for bigger theaters. So we are very, I'm personally very proud about this program. And musicians in this residency program are going to be featured in the festival under the park in a, a program called an American Evening. Exactly, that's one of them. That's one of them because the 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 idea of the program is not just to give them uh, concerts, but also to perform and to learn by sharing the stage with with the big stars. So, for example, in the opera *Bada Butterfly*, there are minor roles mm -hmm. that they will cover, they they will do, and they will be able to learn you know, with people as experienced as Jennifer Rowley, yeah. who has done the role so many times. Also, Marcelo Alvarez, one of the top tenors in the world, he will be singing for uh, the, the Pavarotti Forever Evening. And some of these recent artists also will sing ensembles, duos, trios with, with him. No, So... As you mentioned as well, with Janet Donati, uh, that the recital will be will have resident artists present. No, so for them, there are a lot of activities, and 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 a diversity of 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 ways of presenting opera, either fully stage or concerts with piano or concerts with orchestra, and this is what we need. And what they need also to get the experience. Does the festival under the stars serve, at least in part, as an opportunity for Opera Naples to perhaps attract new audiences? You know, I'm thinking outdoor performances at Cambier Park in particular could could be an effective tool for drawing in folks who maybe didn't think they were into opera. Yeah. Absolutely, yes, that's one of our goals. I think that that sometimes, you know, people who never attended an opera performance they can get scary or shout away, you know, when to go inside a theater. Some people, they think that maybe you have to always dress up or, or that uh, opera is just for, for you know, old people or, or is, is elitist. So doing opera outdoors breaks those barriers, mm. I think, you know. Second, I think it's a great experience, you know, to listen to music, you know, under the stars. That, that's the title of the of the festival, no? Opera under the stars. 
And 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 secondly, I think that uh, you know presenting opera in in a different uh, environment, it helps, as you said, you know, uh, new people to pro to pro our audience. The festival, as you see by the program, is not. Uh, fully opera related. Mm -hmm. My idea is that a festival should just celebrate art in general. In music also, uh, there's so much diversity. So of course we have fully stage opera, which is the main thing that we do, but also we have concerts with uh, opera excerpts. Then we have recitals with piano, but we have also a, a night that is called Sarsuela and Flamenco. Yes. This is not opera itself, but Sarsuela is, is uh, Spanish opera. Flamenco is Spanish dance, but what we're trying is just to make connections, to make fusions, so people who would never attend an opera festival, you know, can uh, attend one of our performances just, you know, by by attending this 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 uh, different no uh, events. Uh, for first year, uh, we are also presenting a, a ballet. What ballet has to do with opera? Well, in opera, there's a lot of ballet, no? And in this case, uh, we're presenting Carmen, which is based in the music by, by George Bizet, mm -hmm. Carmen, no? So I'm trying to do different things who are related, not directly, but they're related to opera. There's also a piano recital without singers, but uh, we're collaborating with the Grand Piano Series, but the pianist will also perform a, re a repertoire inspired in, in opera, either transcriptions or paraphrases uh, on opera composers. All right. I, I love to pivot a little bit here with the final minutes we have. Talk a bit about your own personal background in music. Did you grow up in a home where, you know, that passion for music and the performing arts was encouraged and fostered? Or is it something you kind of came to on your own? Well, I mean, th there was always passion about music in, in, in my home, but not about classical music. Hmm. Uh, so I remember my mother always singing in home, but it was more like popular culture, like uh, Spanish, you know, flamenco and, and, and Spanish coplas, uh, Spanish music, no, but not classical. But just when, when I was very, very young, I just started to play the keyboard, you know, by ear. And at a certain point, it seemed that, you know, I did quite well with the rhythm music. So when my parents wanted to, to buy me a piano, I went to a big piano store and when they saw me playing, mm. you know, the, the, the dealer said, look, he should go to the conservatory, no? So I started a little bit by chance, no? But it's one of these things that you never know. I mean, uh, can you teach music or you are born with it? I can tell you, I never wanted to be a soccer player. I didn't want to be a, you know, a bullfighter. I didn't mm. want to, you know, a, a, a firefighter. The only thing I wanted to do is music. And this is what I remember. My memories since I was uh, a kid is black and white in front of a keyboard. This is what I remember. Always wanted to make music. So it became very natural for me. And then, you know, when I went to conservatory, I started to meet uh, big artists, big names, until, you know, the big um, break was with Montserrat Caballé, who was one of the, uh, an opera legend, one of the most important uh, Spanish sopranos, and one of the most important in the, in, the, in, the, in the world. And I started playing concerts at the piano first, then later with orchestra. Then I won some competitions, conducting competitions. So I also studied, uh, started to conduct uh, symphony concerts. And then I got a contract 
after studying in Paris and Rome, I got a contract to come to America. I didn't think it twice because this was one of the countries I, I always dream to 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 come. And and then I, I, I started in Palm Beach Opera, the Palm Beach Symphony. Then I was appointed at uh, Miami. I was assistant conductor also in Cincinnati and Atlanta. And, you know, everything started like that in this country. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about your own musical background. I'm curious about how you approach that when it comes to your own kids. Do you try to curate their own music education? Anybody <laughs> following in dad's footsteps? Well, that's uh, that's harder, I have to say, because I know that music, uh, music career is very hard. Yeah. It's a very lonely career. So honestly, I'm not sure if I would like them to become professional musicians. I really believe they should, of course, you know, with a father who is a musician, they should learn an instrument. They are they have started piano and they do ballet and they do things in their arts. But I don't want to push them. I would like them to become whatever they, they like. Uh, but I think it's important for kids to be involved in music. You know, I've read some some somewhere that also helps developing developing uh, like even up to a twenty five percent the brain of of, of children uh, study music. No, so I think it's important. But but I don't think that they need to become uh, professionals as long as they can understand, you know, what is music and what are arts and they're involved. I uh, would be more than happy. All right. Well said. Well said. Well, we are just about out of time. Um, but again, I want to thank my guest. I've been speaking uh, in studio with uh, art uh, artistic and music director of Opera Naples, Ramon Tebar. And for more about the organization and the exciting performance opportunities that we've been highlighting, visit operanaples.org. And for more about the maestro himself, visit ramon-tebar.com. Thanks so much for being here and taking the time. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, John. It has been my pleasure. Hope to see you soon. Absolutely. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always hear episodes in their entirety on our website, wgcu.org slash gcl, or you can subscribe to our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Our show today was produced by Jared Gonzalez and yours truly. Our director is Richard Chinqui. Our social media coordinator is Tarek Halligan. For now, thanks for listening. I'm John Davis. This is WGCU-FM, Fort Myers 90.1, WM. MKO Marco Island 91.7 FM, NPR for Southwest Florida.